Hello, everyone. Welcome to my podcast, Ali Chima Lift Your Life. My guest today is Big Jit Singh. Big Jit, welcome. Let's start off with your childhood. Where you're from, uh, okay. give us a brief overview. Right, okay. So I'm from West Yorkshire, uh, born and raised in Leeds. Uh, so I was born in Leeds, um, grew up in a typical Sikh family, you know, all family living together, granddad, grandma, dad, Dacha, you know, this, you know, you know, I was great. So we all grew up together in a Shadwell, Shadwell area in, in Mortar. Nice area, really nice area. Um, you had a lot of Jewish community there, a lot of, you know, like people from mostly white background, Jewish background. We were the only kind of brown people there, uh, Sikh family there. So, but you know what? Can't complain. Everything was beautiful there um, in Shadwell because it was a it was a, a bit, you know, like if you're going to say a bit upper class kind of area. Do you know what I mean? A nice area. More towns known for. So grew up there, went to Highfield Primary School, the local school around there, mostly Jewish dominated because it was right next to a synagogue. But it was cool. You know, we all went there as kids. Now my um, nephews go there. So we all went to Highfield School. Um, but grew up in a nice area, nice, typical Sikh family. Dad was working, mum was working. So, you know, the whole family was there. It was just a good family atmosphere. Have you always been a fairly big guy since you were a kid? No, nah, no, nah, this is the thing, right? When I was little, um, I was quite short and stump, stumpy. Um, say like a healthy baby, as Punjabi say. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I was quite born heavy. Uh, my brother actually got the record for the heaviest baby, my brother Gwyn. Uh, so he got the record for the heaviest baby born in that year. I was kind of a heavy baby. So we was like big, big family genetics. So probably my baba as well. And my, uh, my mom's uh, side, they were quite big. So we were kind and of you, big sorry, from there. Sorry, sorry, G, you can't turn around and tell me that your brother was the biggest yeah, baby yeah, and yeah, tell yeah, me yeah, how, yeah. how much did he weigh? Go on. <laughs> oh, you know what? I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to have to ask him. But he had a certificate put on, uh, on the baby ward as the heaviest baby born. Um, also, and, and you know what people used to tell me around the Leeds oh your brother was the heaviest baby born in St James Hospital he was born in the new wing I was born in the old wing in 1976 so yeah so but yeah grew up in a nice family my nice childhood brilliant time at Highfield playing with the kids at um, more time we were always like playing games football and everything always sports always sports from day one we always wanted to play plus I had a big family, so my we had a big, large cousin. What my granddad did was got all the houses more or less around the same block. You know what I mean? So he bought all the houses on the same block. So we all used to just meet up and we were all big family. But it was like my cousin would stay at my house. I would stay at their house. Uh, my dad had a shop. We'd go there. It was no difference. To, to be honest, when I used to go to school and they used to say, how many brothers, you, how many brothers and sisters have you got? I said, I've got about 15. They used to look at me like, what? <laughs> 15? I said, yeah, I've got 15. But they were my cousins. But, you know, as we were raised in them generation, our cousins were brothers and sisters. You know what I mean? There was no difference. But you'd be at each other's houses and, you know, eating wherever we want, going to my doctor's house, eat whatever I want, then come back out. It's like nothing. 
mean? So a very close-knit family. Very close-knit family. Very yeah, big family. Yeah, yeah, very yeah. close-knit family. Yeah, but that's to my granddad. My granddad wanted that, so he kept us like that. He made sure that we were always close. If there was trouble or anything, we were there. Do you know what I mean? From uh, my dad and my dad, they were like next to each other. They were, my granddad encouraged that, that they ate together, they sat together. I, I used to come to my house, right, and my granddad used to be sitting on a table, yeah, and there used to be about 30 people in the front room. So I used to sit, and I used to, you know, walk around, and my granddad used to say, this is your uncle. So I thought, wow, I've got a lot of uncles. Do you know what I mean? And this was an everyday. The women used to be in the kitchen, my grandma, my tati, my poor, and all them, and my mom. They used to be cooking the meat and everything, and the, obviously the shrub and everything was on that. You know what I mean? In the front room, and all my uncles and my granddad, and they would all be sat on this one table. This was like going on every night. Do you know what I mean? They were all suited and booted, and it was just a good vibe. And I, you know what? I love that Punjabi vibe. Well, you don't get that much nowadays, do you? Even pre-COVID, uh, post-COVID, no matter what. Exactly. The good My times, right? Eh? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So tell me a bit more about your school life. So obviously you were at school, you were at high school. So what was your life like in high school? Well, what happened before that is this before I went to high school, this is the reason why we came back to Motown. My dad decided to open a business uh, and he moved it in a, in a very, very, like... Uh, a rough place, but I don't know why my dad decided to do that, to be honest, but he decided to do a business there. He opened a business there. And from there, when going to middle um, primary school, joining on to middle school, I had a good tea. I'm so did all my uh, brothers, we all had good tea then. So we were targeted to racism. I mean, not like your, oh, you know, like the shouts. I'm going to be real now, do you know what I mean? It wasn't a case of our little packet. It was a case of we were getting hit by high school uh my brother was thrown in a skip saying this is where you belong do you know what i mean it was it was nasty racism uh and every day we'd go to school i'd go to school uh because of my good and my good thing my bar would be open i'd get beaten up by high school high schools um bigger lads that group up even like higher teenagers even like parents of the kids used to go around going, go back to your country where you come from and this and that. Uh, it was it was dirty. Uh, I, I remember one occasion it was uh, snowing and uh, the, all all the kids from this one school in this area, up across Green area it was, uh, they all decided to put snowballs on the head and they're throwing snowballs at me and I had to walk through this bit. I was pelted with about 100 snowballs. Then I was chased at, chased at the end of this. And these, these kids now, right, they were literally like a group of high school. I was in the middle school, grabbing me, beating me up, about 15 of them beating me. And you know what? From there, I said to myself, I ain't going to fucking cry in front of these. Do you know what I mean? So when they were beating me up, I kept standing up. They hit me again. They hit me. My bar was open. And everything. I wasn't going to cry. From that day, I thought, I'm never going to cry ever to show weakness to these guys. So my dad started coming down to the school. So the school was reporting, look, uh, your son is getting bullied. They didn't do shit. They didn't do shit. They were more or less like, well, why, why is it in a school like this where it's dominant? Do you know what I mean? There's not, there's no brown and black people there. So why is he at school like this? It was kind of that vibe. But uh, every time I was getting chased by these kids and beaten up, some of my brothers, I would never cry. If my brother got hit, I would go down to that school and fight these high school. I was like literally... From then, a little podgy guy with a good teeth turning into like, you know what, we're gonna we're gonna stand for this shit. So we would go out, and I'd start getting angry at things. Or if someone said something to my mom, I would get angry. 
you know what I mean? And they would say things to my mum. We would just swear back and carry on like this. That's the time when it kind of changed where, you know, like, I'm only little, but you know what? I'm not going to show no fear to these people. So, you know, things that was a, a very dark time, but a turning point, a turning point from there. So saying that my dad decided us to move back to Motown. Sorry. Got you. Okay. So just to clarify, so you were first living in Motown. Everything was all good. Yeah. You were happy. Great neighbourhood. Then you moved to this other place where dad's got a business, which is very rough. And that's where, obviously, you started getting these issues yeah. and the bullying. And I take it the bullying wasn't yeah. just physical, it was mental as well. Mentally, I mean, it was a lot of racial uh, verbal abuse. So it was, that was, I mean, our the place where we had our business, the shop, um, we had things written graffitied all the time there used to be people pissing through the letterbox and things like that even at one time they set it on fire you know what i mean so that's kind of that's how um shit it was that's how deep it was but you know what we still went out i still walked the streets i thought fuck this no one's gonna stop me so i still went out and everything and if it happened again i'd go out again the next day you know what i mean i wasn't gonna hide we weren't gonna hide we still went out to the streets we still went on our bikes everything we wasn't gonna hide that's the thing so uh, from then, from that... Do you think, sorry, seen, sorry, Jit, just a quick one. Do you think because of all that adversity and everything that you suffered, obviously, during that period in time, do you think that played a factor into your later life? This is the thing. This is what I'm going to say. I hate racism. I absolutely... Everyone who knows me, um, like, from... Even like when I go to work and someone says something racist, I know they're being racist, I will go. I will flip. I'm not the kind of guy who will just go, yeah, laugh it off. I would go because it, if it comes back, I get that flashback of that when, when I was a kid and I was verbally abused, physically abused, mentally abused, everything. Do you know what I mean? It was on a, on a whole different scale. So anyone who talks about racism, I, I, I go that like, I get that emotional aggression anger so i will stick up with anyone who goes through racism everyone knows me as that so when people say why, why is it like that why doesn't he just walk away from it i would never walk away from it now you know what i mean because in this time there's no need for it we don't have to see our next generation go through that shit do you know what i mean totally agree totally agree yeah. right so you move back to Mortown, and then we're a bit more easier and a bit more Back to a bit of normality. So yeah, yeah. So basically, I, I, we went back to Motown, back to where where we started off from. Uh, Dad just had enough of that business. He couldn't, he, you know, he couldn't go through the, that shit all the time with us and everything with his kids and that. So we moved back now. Um, went back to the high school, got into the high school, back up. Now see Motown, street lane, and places like that. We had guys from like Chapel Town coming from. Uh, more, uh, mean was that school so uh, uh, a lot of St. Martin's area where the good water was so I started seeing Sikhs again I started seeing black people I started seeing you know what I mean different people not just you know what I mean so it was like a different vibe now now it was like okay now now I'm seeing people from different backgrounds you know what I mean it was like it was a good vibe because it was going up and everyone you know they had the little how they grew up you know what I mean? So it's like now I could relate to another seat guy, how we grew up, do you know what I mean? And things like that. We could talk about things like that. I could talk 
with my black, black friends, you know what I mean, who became black brothers to me. I associated with them as well, you know what I mean? So I get into the music, hip hop and everything because grew through like the hip hop phase as well. So it was just a good vibe, man. And then obviously I grew up in a white neighborhood. So all, look, most of my friends were white, Italians, white, Jewish, because you know, that's what Motown is. So it was just a mix. It was a good vibe, man. It was none of that shit anymore. So it was a good little vibe there growing up into high school. Good, okay. Um, so obviously you're back in a, obviously mentally you were in a, in a, in a much better place by the sounds of things. Um, yeah, yeah, moving back yeah, to Motown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so then, because it was like, yeah. So then moving on. So you're enjoying life at school. Didn't you, were you into rugby? You used to play a lot of rugby? Did you start playing oh, rugby? Was, yeah, what happened was um, through high school, I shot up. I started getting some height. I started getting big. Um, not big as, not big like big like how I am now. But uh, I was starting getting big, meaning like height wise. So I was a bit taller, average than the kids. And the kids were like, school kids were like, whoa, do you know what I mean? Either you're going to be a basketball player now. So join the basketball. I couldn't shoot hoop. <laughs> shit, man. I couldn't shoot hoop. I tried shooting hoop. I was shit. So I thought, no, this is not me. But I like to brawl. Do you know what I mean? I'm a brawler. So what happened was there was a rugby. Um, team at my high school, middle school, high school. So we kind of started joining playing the rugby. And then I thought, you know what? This is all right, this. But back in the days, you give a little elbow. You know what I mean? It, was, it felt good. So I thought, this is a good sport, man. I like this sport. So I started getting onto the rugby side, but I still played football and things like what my cousins and everything. But we played rugby as well because there was loads of kids on my street, loads of kids. And there used to be a rugby ground called Round Regions, Waters Union, where we used to go and play. So it was like a rugby vibe there as well and a, and a football vibe so i started getting into rugby then from high school kind of thing so yeah were you obviously competing at rugby were you like were you, did you have matches and, and did you start playing for your yeah, local yeah, team yeah. and things or only later on only later on um so i mean then it was just like school and friends and things that i started playing rugby it was later on i started i proper joined the rugby rugby proper rugby team and how old were you then, Jim? Well, what had happened is um, I started now going into into my 20s. I started working. I was at college now. So I went through college. Uh, had a had a laugh at college. Went to all the gigs and everything. Um, kind of uh, went into, obviously, I had the shed up and jar part of my life, but I'll bring that in kind of later. But um, I was going through college because I started getting put in into size. Some powerlifter brothers, and I'm going to shout them out because I like to thank them, yeah, called um, the Reynolds brothers, Paul Reynolds, Brian Reynolds, Trevor Reynolds, um, Simon Reynolds, who wasn't a really powerlifter, but his brothers, his bigger brothers, Patrick Reynolds, these guys were powerlifters. These that were internationally known, do you know what I mean? I started training with Paul when I was little in the garage. Now this how, little, Paul, how little are we talking, Jim? How little? What age wise or yeah, age wise. What age how old are you? About 17, 18. So I started training with probably 16. I started training with Paul because I started liking this. Whoa, this lifting shit. Do you know what I mean? I started watching videos of Arnold. And I thought, yeah, Arnold is where I want to be. <laughs> so <laughs> I, did I it real, did it real. 
Yeah, that's true. But then luckily, I met these brothers um, who lived on my street in Shadwell. Uh, I lived on Shadwell. They lived on Shadwell, so I used to see them every day. A guy used to, when we used to walk back from school, used to make me carry his bag, yeah? A guy called Jas Singh, who was a powerlifter, used to make me carry his bag. This guy had, like, kilos of weights in his bag. He used to make me carry it. You know what I mean? From school, he said, carry my bag if you're going to be a lifter. So I used to carry it like not knowing anything. I said, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to carry this bag. You know what I mean? Just to prove to these guys. So I used to carry this bag of weights like this all the way uphill, go up to his house, drop it off, then go back down to train with the Reynolds, um, Paul Reynolds. Like Paul Reynolds started getting me into the training, started lifting his weights, but it was raw. We was in the garage. Literally, we had like pulley ropes to do the pull-ups. Um, we had the old school weights, one bench uh, we'd always be twisting these dumbbells up to make you know what I mean? this guy did like a i don't even know probably about six plates i mean 12 plates all together squat in the garage you know what i mean he used to do that kind of shit and then obviously i slowly started building up but my cousin um was a powerlifter his name was sangi uh sangi dylan um, who lived on there he was my cousin of family so he was a powerlifter so he was like the first powerlifter i knew then so he was kind of used to come down to the garage and kind of like look look at us like yeah look what he's doing man he was like a bigger cousin you know what I mean a bigger brother so he used to laugh <laughs> with <laughs> you know I mean? six with his ten kilo dumbbells <laughs> but you'll get there you'll get there because these guys are training like three plates on each other uh, plates on each side so that's there the guys what got me into the weights you know what I mean so lifting heavy. So you grew into obviously size as well. So I'm sure you must have got a lot bigger as well while doing the weights as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. Got bigger, but I, I was also in the party scene as well. So do you know what I mean? So like we had mates, so we go to like these uni gigs and things, and for a weekend we just get blasted and then come back. Do you know what I mean? Like Monday, oh, we got to go back to the gym. I didn't really have my di- eating right. Do you know what I mean? We used to just eat rookie with whatever man at home and things like that. Uh, they, that will change in the later on, you know what I mean? But um, kind of like the Reynolds used to tell me, you got to eat this, you got to do this, you got to start eating this, this means this. But we were young then, man, you know what I mean? We used to go out and have a kebab like at three, four o'clock in the morning. And so went into that's going into my 20s now. So, yeah. So that's college life. You're obviously in college life. Um, what did you do after college then? Did you decide what you were going to do? Well, I went into I went into uni. I started doing um, IT and um, web design making. Um, so I started going into doing that. Um, but what happened then was I was introduced. Now I'm starting to put some size on. Yeah, so I started to get a big lad now. Um, everyone knew me from Kitson College, uni, and everything. I was a bit of a fighter. Do you know what I mean? Every, I could have a do. So it was like when it was like someone, oh yeah, jits coming through. Boom! It was a fight. I would have a do. I was a big, I wasn't a bully. I just didn't take no shit, right? That was the difference. So I, I hated bullies. I used to actually go for bullies. And so now I started going through uh, unit. I started putting some size on. Uh, I started getting introduced to, because I started doing weights at different bodybuilding gyms now. Like um, there was a couple of guys who ran the doors. So it was a case of, oh, you should work on doors, blah, 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 I get you this. So I started working on doors then. Plus, on Friday, I used to be falling asleep doing HTML. So I used to be like, it used to be like, hey, sure. Now, if anyone has done web design, like HTML, right? I don't know what they use now. But HTML is the most 
boring shit you can ever do. It's like HTML bracket uh, brack. Uh, you, you know what I mean? To make a web design, the behind the, the behind scenes of it. You ever get that like uh, on the computer thing, and you have a look at the back of web design? All you see is numbers and tags and this and that and uh, space bar and this and that and that's actually the um, the behind of the web web design. It is the most boringest thing to do. So when you're sat there doing HTML and you got in at four o'clock from beating enough people up and ripped shirts and shit like that, yeah, you're falling asleep like this, holding your head from where you got hit at the club. <laughs> and you wake up again. Oh, fucking hell, man. I used to fall asleep in my classes. It was bad. So you obviously do the doors while you were at uni, obviously, I take it, yeah? That's, that's correct. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, How the so hell I'll, did you I'll, manage life as a uni student as well as doing the doors? That must have been interesting. That's it. It was very interesting because obviously some of the gigs where these uni kids, I was stood by the door. Do you know what I mean? So it was a bit of like double partying while I was um, working as well. Um, I managed to squeeze it in. Um, if I was working Thursday, Friday, Saturday, I'd go out on a Monday, Tuesday. That's the kind of thing it was. Uh, you used to manage to be able to do it. Your friend rang you up and said, you're out of uni, want to go to, I don't know, like a club called Favisham uh, on a Tuesday. It was hip-hop night. We would go. We would go, do you know what I mean? And uh, just rock the party. And, you know, it was just part of the thing. It was just part we, ha we had to do it. I went to all the hip-hop. Did a bit of freestyling while I was on them. Do you know what I mean? On one of these things. It was just a good vibe, man. It was just a good vibe at, uh, uh, working on doors at them times and, and going to uni and everything. So, yeah. So did your family know you were working on the doors at the time? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, obviously, my dad was a bit like, uh, I used to be out there. You know, with my dad, my dad was a, a more like, my dad would work and he was out a lot. He was out a lot. He used to be, I mean, I remember like going to the pub, yeah. Um, and uh, I went to the club. Uh, there's a club called Chamber. And the landlady knew our family and everyone around there. And it's Thursday night, Friday night. I think I must have had a day off or something. Sometimes I didn't used to work the doors. I just wanted to get pissed with my mate. Uh, so I went out and I'm like this, yeah, doing whatever you do, you know what I mean? You uh, out there and everything. Um, and the, the landlady goes, your dad's on in the pub. And I'm like, fucking hell, man. I'm in the club and my dad's sat next door. So I looked over and I could see was a guy. Sing sat down at his thing. And I thought, man, I need to change my club. <laughs> my dad used to be out all the time, and if he wasn't out, he was always drinking with my chachi. So I used to, they used to meet up and everything, uh, and just have like, uh, uh, my, you didn't used to see my dad till if he got home from seven, eight o'clock, he was out, and he'd come back about 11, 12 o'clock when the pubs or whatever was shut. It was kind of old school like that. Are you so so were they obviously not too impressed that you were doing the doors, or did nah, you get much stick? No, no. To be honest, no. Um, not really. Not really. I mean, my dad knew that I'd go uni, I'd go do weights and things like that. So he didn't really give us, he didn't really say anything. My dad was quite easy going like that, really, with us. Like, like, my granddad might have been a bit different, but my granddad didn't really know. But well, you were okay. going like that. So yeah, you're yeah. at the stage where you're, um, you're doing the doors. You're obviously, you're at uni. How did you get into things later on in your life uh, as in you were saying to me you've said to me previously you obviously met some people while you were doing 
the doors. So tell me a bit more about that. Right, okay. So I'm naive now. Okay, at college, um, I, I smoked a bit of weed at college. So we used to smoke weed a lot. I say a bit. A bit then was a bit was quite a lot if you look at it now. So I used to smoke weed. I mean, I used to go to the Cypress Hill concert. So I were blunted all the time. We were smoking the, you know, like the big uh, fucking thingies, the bongs and things like that. It was a trend then. So we used to smoke weed at people's houses and bongs and things like that. I used to move a little bit away. So like my friend would say, I've got an ounce of this. We were so happy and buzzing. Oh, yeah, I've got a friend. And we used to move that weight. So, I, you know, we used to celebrate and everything and that. So we, I always had that kind of crowd with me, the hip-hop crowd and the weed smoking Cypress Hill crews and things like that. So, you know, but when it kind of changed was when I started working and going out to, like, rave parties, like, you know, finishing up 4 o'clock in the morning. Now it's like, these guys ain't smoking weed. No way. <laughs> these are not smoking weed. These are taking somewhere else. So it was like a... You know, we got kind of speaking, and uh, I started meeting people from even when I was doing dogs who were in that circle. So it was like, look, uh, blah, 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 you know, uh, if you're going to make 200 quid a day, uh, you, you can try smoothing some of these to sell for a fiver or ten ease. So we started going into ease. I started moving ease um, in my so life, 21, 20. So prior to that, you were, it was just we it was weed that you were obviously you were just we selling a bit of weed about, here and there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. We didn't I didn't know anything about chemical shit. Do you know what I mean? It was just weed uh bush, you know, proper like bush uh, ganja, not none of this conch shit, we're just like proper weed. Uh it's only when I started going into like um big clubs where you know they were dancing, different music was a bit different, a bit of you know, that like bashing house music, whatever for hard house, whatever. Uh, people started saying, "Look, this is what this is what we do. We take uh, take one of these, and I'm like, fucking, what is it?" Um, and the, my mate said, "Look, if you want to move some and everything, yeah, yeah, yeah." So I said, "Okay, let's see what we what, do." What year it. was this? Sorry, what sort of year was this? Was this around the late uh, sort of eighties, nineties? No, yeah, uh, no, no, in the nineties, uh, in the nineties, uh, we were talking about probably about ninety six, ninety five, ninety six, ninety seven, around that time. And you were how old then? Uh, I would start getting into probably about 22, 23, 24, around that. 22, right. yeah, around there. Because so, remember, we just smoked weed before. So now it's just like we started moving. And so I started meeting guys now who move weight. Uh, we started making, driving nice cars and things like that. Like, what the fuck? Do you know what I mean? These guys don't go to work. They rave all night. How the hell are they driving these cars? And I find out they're doing pills. So we started uh, meeting people, sitting down. We pop a pill. I pop my first pill and I thought, what the fuck is this? You know what I mean? I was like, oh, well, whatever, yeah, I love it. So I was like, okay, the music feels good, blah, blah, blah. I need to make some money on this. So I'm a little uh, head started going clicking like that. So we started moving some pills, not not big, major, 100 here, 100 there, a couple like 100 here, 100 there. Kind of like with a mate, give some to him, he'll sell 10, you get your cut back, you know, that kind of shit. So we were doing that. So that rave scene, that music scene, that's where it went with the pills kind of thing uh, going on. But I'm still working the doors. So, do you know what I mean? I'm still doing the doors and I'm still running these guys who selling that pills as well. Do you know what I mean? Was so, that done at the doors or, were you, or was that a secondary? At the doors. I'm, 
at the doors, man. Everyone who works at my doors or around the clubs, around outside, did fucking pills, coke, whatever. It was just part of the norm. We'd, we'd take 10, 10 pills off and fucking share it around us. You know what I mean? Or sell it back away. It was this kind of thing. But remember, we didn't have like, like you got these badges now, like, you know what I mean? You come out of university, you want a job, you quickly, you get a badge and you become a doorman. We didn't do it like that then. It was, you wanted to be doorman, you'd have to prove yourself. Can you fight? Oh yeah, he's a good guy, he's handy, or he's good on the doors. Get him, put him on this door. That's what it was like. But I was like putting on loads of doors because um, I had quite a lot of big friends around with me all the time from the rugby, um, the gym. So they said, you know, so they were my mates. So we'd work on doors. So we'd go three, four, work on the door. We knew the script. We wanted to make a little bit of money extra. We'd we, we move the pills. We'd get take some pills off some guys and we'd circulate it again. It was just part of the norm then. <laughs> and then did you, were you taking it yourself? As in, was it something yeah, that you were taking yeah, regularly? Yeah, yeah. And was it just not, just the tabs you taking? No. Yeah, not regularly. It was just like if you want to rave, yeah, you get it, but the first few pills, you're like, fuck, you know, you, you know, you, you like, you're everywhere, but your body gets kind of nuanced, so it might take a half just to have a nice time. You had some nice music playing, you know what I mean, some funky house, you're working in a nice club. You just felt the vibe of the music. So you're just like, yeah, yeah, we stood on the door. You, you still did your job. You didn't get fucked up, you know what I mean? You still did your job, you know what I mean? You still you still held your corner on the door or or conducted yourself, uh, make sure there's no trouble. And and if the boss comes, you conducted yourself. You didn't you weren't like, you know, like it's fucking some people are like, oh, that shit. We went on that shit. We would take a half and just cruise, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Have a red bull. Ooh, we felt nice. It's nice. And when you were doing the doors, so the doors I'm, I'm presuming you're doing this in your hometown now, or yeah, 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 yeah. I was uh, in in Leeds. I was in like some of the clubs up around Leeds. Uh, some of the rough clubs, some of the all right clubs, some of the you know different ones. Okay, so you started going into that sort of level, and obviously you were only just at that point. It was just a case of just selling a bit here and there, just to make a bit of extra money. Yeah, yeah, a little bit of pocket money. Tell me when your mindset then changed to start thinking well, big, bigger. When it all. When it changed, right? So I'm working the doors. I'm kind of like head doorman at a few places, events now. I'm, I'm hired to events to do events. We even started doing a bit part of music events uh, as well. So we were making money off them as well. So money started coming in. Now we started see. Now I started doing house music, funky house music. I be for shit, right? I be for shit, top end shit. Uh, with like some of the nice clubs where now you had your clean cut, I call them clean cut gangsters. Now these gangsters are clean cut because they weren't really swinging guns, they were swinging coke. Shit changed now, do you know what I mean? So yeah, okay. they weren't like swinging guns. Now the husbands uh, who, were, who had all the guns and shit, they're the kind of people who were robbing the coke, give to these guys to sell out to this whatever little crowd they had, do you know what I mean? So we're going like now, it was a different vibe now. These guys were dressed in Gucci suits and good, you know what I mean? Like the girls will come out with like, you know, like all that shit, you know what I mean? Different fucking all styles in this dress. Wanna be pulled up in a Bentley, wanna be pulled up in a Mercedes and the girl. Well, not Essex boys, that Essex, but Essex, like the Essex, not Essex boys. That, uh, that kind of vibe. I mean? like, like Essex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they have that, that kind of music on and everything. No, it was a different vibe. So now I'm, I'm getting into this vibe now, working the doors still. But taking a lot of night off now. Now I'm starting to move around with these guys. 
And you are at this age, sorry? How old are you again, sorry, at this point, Jim? I'm probably about around 26, 25, 26, 27, 28, around that time. So I had a little run from that. Um, yeah, so about from 20, oh, 25, round 25, 26. And that's when obviously you're, uh, you're looking at you're, you're looking at people that are effectively big time, that are selling a lot of coke. Yeah. Um, and obviously yeah. they're they're no, in a different no, level. No, no, I didn't know they were selling coke. That's the thing. Okay, okay. You, you unless you... I started hanging around and it was a case of it was like someone was put on the on the uh, like uh, you know here like here um, on the top of the thumb like it's on like that so you know I'm like still not taking no coke yet I haven't had any coke I'm looking like what the fuck is this on there <laughs> what was that so now I've seen it in film I said no I can't be doing it just like Brady like that in the club these guys are big rollers, you know what I mean? Big money people. So they're coming down. So now I've gone, ooh, this is a good vibe. So now it was become a party vibe. We started dressing up nice. Now going out with these people. Now these people would go to a club um, and pop champagne. So it was like champagne. Dom Perignon and all that shit, yeah? So Dom Perignon. And I was like, I had money, but I didn't have that much money. So I was like Budweiser. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I need to get up to that shit. You know what I mean? I need to start popping um, uh, Dom Perignons. Like these guys, these guys are dressing good. So you know what I mean? My clothes kind of started changing. Going and, that's, the, uh, and, and at this point, I'm taking it. I just want to delve into your sort of mindset, the way that where, where you were with your mind frame. So were you sort of thinking you were sort of aspiring to be like these guys? Because all you've but, really seen is you you don't know exactly what they're doing. But you can just see that these guys are obviously very flash, yeah. got a lot of cash, and you know, mentally, are you sort of thinking that's the kind of thing I want to be doing? Yeah, because I mean, at the end of the day, I was like, I'm working on the doors here, earning whatever fifteen pound an hour or whatever. Do you know what I mean? And a few bonuses here and there, uh, whatever making. But these guys are driving around in Bentley, uh, top of the range. Top of the range cars, dressed top of the range, they had a flyest chick, you know what I mean? It was like, I need to be this, you know what I mean? I, I kind of mindset, but to be honest, I got a natural friendship vibe with them as well. So when I started doing the, started taking it myself, it was like, this is a good little friendly vibe. We used to have a laugh, but now I need to know is how to make money on it. Mm. So it was kind of just on a money aspect of it. I need to know how to make money onto it. Um, so that's when it kind of started changing onto a different vibe now. It was a different vibe. So I'm left the door. I'm planning to leave the doors now because I've got my mindset. I need to make money like these guys. What was your situation like at home? So the reason I'm asking you this uh, is because obviously you've yeah, told no, me that no, no. very close at home, a close-knit family. So what was the situation at home? What were they thinking? Were they just thinking you're just doing a bit of security, doing a bit of doors, or did they know yeah, that? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I was out most of the nights to my dad and my mum used to think that um, I was literally just like running the doors. So they thought I'm just running the doors, uh, uh, the, the security, I'd built my own little security firm. So they just thought, okay, he's just doing the doors. That's part of his job. If he's out till four o'clock in the morning, six o'clock in the morning, that's his job. So I didn't really think much of it, to be honest, uh, and everything like that. So 
And this kind of just like put me to my devices, to be honest, because it was just like, it was easy. I'm coming home, going out doing this, coming back home. Do you know what I mean? And my dad was just like, yeah, he's, he's just running doors and things. Mm. So, so you change your mindset at this point. You'd already thought, that's it. You know, potentially I'm yeah, thinking yeah. about leaving the doors and I need to get into this because that's yeah. where I want to be. That's where I want to go. Yeah, yeah. I want yeah, the flash so cars. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So it was like, it was just, I knew the crowd. I knew the people. I knew the, I knew the dealers now. Do you know what I mean? That's when it changed, when you know the dealers. So it was a case of now, this reaching out to them, saying, look, I can move this. I know these people. I need this. I need a credit. Now, you, now you're dealing with people who you could take, you, you, you know, you're taking stuff off. Uh, and if you don't get their money, they're coming at you. You know what I mean? Now, when you're dealing with these kind of the other dealers, now these guys have done. It's not more of that uh, party crowd. Now I'm dealing with people who walk around strapped. You know what I mean? Who who will have shootouts with you? They want their money. It's you know, it's like, it's that all saying, um, you, you know, fucking your house got taken away. Fuck you, pay me. Or your wife left you. Fuck you, pay me. I went bankrupt. Fuck you, pay me. Do you know what I mean? It was that. So now I started taking some moving some taking this way up now just to prove to these guys that I can move it. I was flipping it around quick. Do you know what I mean? And I was making my money off it, giving the money back. So now the side goes, hmm, this guy's moving weight. That's when they start becoming, you're not like just a guy who taking it off them and putting your shit out and paying back. They wanted you to be part of their team. Got you. So it's more, part, it's, more of a, it's more yeah, of a partnership yeah. now, isn't it? It's a point where they're, yeah. they're starting to trust you. You've proved yourself, haven't you, basically? Yeah. So it's like a team now. So now your circle is like uh, you're, you're part of the bigger picture now. You're part of the big money processing machine now. So they need you as well and you need them. But they're going to go all out on you. They'd rather have you as a part of the team now. You know what I mean? They don't want to put, they don't want to put guns on your head now. They want to, you know what I mean? They'll fucking sit down with you now. And so it's like getting bigger. So their money started coming in, they started making more money. I started making more money. Things started getting moving up faster. And it got fast very, very quick. Fucking up, very quick. Uh, we were making serious money, do you know what I mean? It was like grams and grams um, a week, do you know what I mean? It was quite a lot of money we were making off it. Uh, but we were having a party lifestyle. I mean, now going into 27, I think it was 27 or 28, something like that. Uh, no. Yeah, in, in my 24, 25, uh, I started going to like places like London and I'm, I'm meeting some big boys now. And we used to, they used to like say to me, come down to London, I'll pick you up. Now, you know, like uh, either I could have got in a train, but what I'd turn up outside my house was a Bentley. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's their pick up with a chauffeur driven Bentley. So I'll sit back in the Bentley, drive down, um, add everything there, what you wanted, you know what I mean? Uh, champagne drinks, drive down all the way down to London. And then I was put in a hotel, what was like uh, a penthouse suite on top of uh, um, Hyde Park. Do you know what I mean? I won't name it just in case I think you fucking know that. <laughs> <laughs> but 
uh, and I, you know, I mean, it was like I had two queen size, king size, whatever the biggest bed. There, the marble floors, heated marble floors, a desk. I don't know why they gave me a desk, but I'm not going to do no fucking. <laughs> maybe, maybe they want. Maybe, maybe they thought you wanted, wanted to uh, revisit your IT days back at uni. Maybe they wanted me to do a HTML. <laughs> I don't know. So I had a desk, um, everything was marble, you know what I mean? And this and that. So the party lifestyle came with it. Uh, everyone knows what a party lifestyle was about, you know what I mean? So, yeah, so there's like penthouse suites, going to like club. Uh, just to, this is the kind of shit I did. I went into the club, I had some crazy money now. Um, I'd buy five, six bottles of champagne in one go. And they were like, fucking hell. Uh, I didn't even like champagne. I hated champagne. So I just used to buy the bottles and just leave them on the table or put them in the bucket. Do you know what I mean? Just to leave them there like that. And people are like, oh, no, no, no. I was like, give me a drink, man. I didn't like it. So... Did you still ask? Did you, did you buy five? I'm going to ask you a question. Did you buy five bottles of champagne and then order yourself a Budweiser? Tell me the truth. Yeah. I'll have it, yeah. <laughs> or, a, or a Red Bull. You know what I mean? Or a red bull and vodka or something. I didn't like that shit, man. That bubbly shit. Well, I didn't like it. So, so when you were like at this that. at this point, sorry, Jit. So when you're at this point, effectively you've hit sort of the big time now. Obviously, you're you're rolling with the big boys. You're obviously flash cars, lots of money, party lifestyle. Were you taking more drugs than you would normally would do? Were you, what was your drugs like yes. situation like? Okay. Yes. Oh fuck. Now, man. Now it was like it was on the tap. Everyone had it around me. It was like, uh, I mean, there was a point where I was like, you know, one drop of pill, uh, drop a bit of GHB, what came around in, and everything. Uh, I, I just did the fuck. I, I mean, on one night, I went on one night uh, in um, London. Um, uh, it was uh, what was it now? Fucking um, sound. Um, What's that? What, sound and uh, Ministry of Sound albums. Ministry of Sounds, yeah. yeah, or, yeah. Elephant and Castle, yeah. I had yeah. eight pills that one night. That one night, I had eight pills, and uh, I was just like off my head all the time. Do you know what I mean? I was just partying. Uh, but I still went to the gym. The next day, it was like it was a custom that because we were in a nice place, we had to use a nice gym, so we were training everything and this party and all for the every night was out. Even Sunday was at the left. We was out. The only places what were open on a Sunday was the gay clubs. We were in there. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? We just wanted to go out where all the it crowd was. So we was out all the time um, from Monday to Sunday. Do you know what I mean? We didn't sleep. We did not sleep. We was out. Booked the nicest hotels, drive around in the nicest cars, uh, just go out every single night. Trained through the day, did all our, pay, uh, our business deals through the day. You know what I mean? I mean, I remember going on a one deal where I'm sat down and there was about five keys of coke on the on the table in the club and it was on the ground. And we everyone was smashing it up, like boom, 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 boom. You know what goes needs to go out wherever. You know the crumbs won't fall off this. We don't even know notice. You know the crumbs, like you snap it in half and a crumb would fall off, yeah. And there was about six, seven of us on the table. We just line it up, rack it up, up it goes. And then it kept happening. They would break another quarter, a racket. We got, we must have had about fucking five grams each, just by the crumbs, not noticing 
because it's just a crumb that's smashing it up. And when we used to leave the meeting when it's all bagged and ready to ship out wherever, we used to come out of the class going, fucking hell, why do we feel so fucked? <laughs> Because it was just crumbs, you didn't think we weren't on a party vibe, we were on a business vibe, but it happened like that. You know what I mean? And then we come out of these meetings and we're like, fucking hell, our money's gonna be made. What what should we do now? Oh, let's just go to a fucking club. We're all fucked anyway. So we just go out club and have party till about four or five o'clock. There was a restaurant in Leeds. We used to turn up at eleven o'clock sometimes, yeah. And the guy used to be doing our right business. I'm not gonna mention his name and everything, yeah. Because obviously everyone knows where we used to sit. Uh, and um, he, at 11 o'clock, he was like, I'm going to shut now. And there was about 10 of us. So I, was, uh, I used to say to him, are you going to shut? Are you sure? Look who's here with me. And he went, oh, fucking hell. Champagne, because he knew. In that, in that four or five hours now of not shutting, he is going to make more money than he, has, he does in a week. You know what I mean? Because people are going to be buying champagnes now and all this shit and you know what I mean and rocking champagne bottles all for the next four or five hours and that's exactly what happened so he, he used to he didn't used to sleep he used to be like I thought I've been open since six o'clock I've got to keep open now because obviously I'm making revenue you know what I mean we never used to say sell it cheaper to us we used to say yeah I'll give us another champagne bottle another champagne bottle and you know he'd sell about ten champagne bottles it'd clear that night and drinks and everything else food whatever you should say to the chef, where are you going? You don't need to go home yet. Cook us a lobster. <laughs> oh. That's how it was. No lie now to speak now because um, from there, it's when um, people who knew us, we, we were starting to be called the family. People used to say, oh, the family's in. Now, the family was only made of Leeds heads. Everyone from Leeds know who I'm on about. Uh, there were the Leeds heads. Uh, and they were called the family. So people you say, who's in? Oh, the family's in. That, that stuck. But this is where I'm ne- next bit, I'm going to kind of tell you where it all fucking got, shit got real. So when you're talking about the family, how many people are we talking about? What's right. your, what was your sort of start- close-knit crew? Right, okay. My, right, there was like, I'm going to say by the initials, yeah? Big B, Big R, uh, there was... And we had like associates of theirs, uh, and people knew, uh, like, I, I'm gonna mention it because they're gonna be safe with me mentioning it anyway, they don't mind. Big Bond, Big Reds, uh, we had like people from around there. Uh, these guys, people around us, um, and I won't mention their names because they've got like proper names, you know what I mean? Uh, they, they were hung around us, they hung around them, they hung around us, we all became like a part of a union. Now, us guys, the main guys, were called the family. The people used to say, who's in? And they used to just say it on a, on a, you know, like a casual level. Who's in? The family. So they used to oh, the family. Fucking that means reds. That means jitten. That means bond. We were all kind of in there. So we started making a link. Now, we used to have a convoy of 10 cars. We drive clubs to club. And we're talking from Rolls Royces to BMWs, Mercedes, you know what I mean? All the Jeeps, everything flash like out. And we used to convoy in these cars drive down to club to club. That's how we do. And we were wrecked. But that's how we just did it. We left one club to another club like that. So I'm going to come back to your family now. and As in your personal family now. So surely they would have seen that the way you're going, obviously, I'm sure there's flash cars, there's the way you're acting, the way you're coming back home. And surely they're probably thinking, what the hell is going on? 
budget. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So, yeah, but you know what? I started doing part of nights as well now. So there was a lot of revenue coming from that, you know, like venues and nights. So what they were seeing is that my dad, my dad, my mum was kind of like, you know, like she was just like, uh, I come home, I pull up in a Bentley and she'll look out and say, Roti Khania? <laughs> Roti Khania? Uh, that means, have you eaten? That's her thing. She didn't even just look at the car. <laughs> say, have you eaten? That's a normal man. I haven't eaten some of them. Roti. But my dad was like, I don't know where he got that car from, but he tell his ring his friend. Yeah, my son. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He just pulled up in a Bentley today. Uh, you know, he's doing good with his show. And I don't know where he's getting that Bentley other car from. Yeah, he's just he's just a good day. You know, like yeah, yeah. No me Bentley only like yeah. My dad was like, ah. and he used to say to me, yeah, yeah. So it was, um, what you doing? I said, um, obviously my venues, my nights. And he goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he just thought, fucking hell, man, you're doing really good with these venues, aren't you? Because you like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like, uh, you know, sitting it. He, you know, my dad was kind of like in his own thing. He had his own group of friends and he did his own little thing, what he did. But he was kind of caught up in that. And he was just like, yeah, whatever, man. Can't carry on with it. Let me see my Bentley on or a nice car or a brand new somewhere else car outside. He just walked past it. He wouldn't even fade it and get into his car and just drive to his mates. Do you know what I mean? He was like that typical sing like that. Do you know what I mean? But yeah. Didn't they try? So didn't they really try? Didn't they try getting you fixed up? Thinking, but you know, you're coming to an age now. You're looking at nah, getting married, nah, or nah. they just left you to it. Left you to your own devices. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I didn't have a. I didn't let that come into the conversation. If you know what I mean. Mm. I always wiggle my way out of it. So when I used to sit down, I used to kind of just wiggle out. Right, I've got, got to work now. See you later. <laughs> so I used to go, oh, I'm going to be late. I'm going to be late. We can't talk about that. I'm going to be late. And then they see me at four o'clock in the morning. Then I'll get near. Speak to you. And I said, yeah, what do you want? I said, I just got in at six o'clock in the morning. Oh, all right, I'll end this one. You know what I mean? So it was, I just... Faded it out, man. I just faded it out for fucking years, man. So you you having a good time at this point? Uh, obviously, making a lot of money. When did let's just say shit start getting real? As oh, in now, the yeah, shit got real. Now it was like everyone knew us. Fucking everyone knew us. All the clubs on the doors. I mean, I used to turn up at a club and we never queued up. Um, I mean, I could walk into one club, say I was out on a date or something, I'd walk into one club, and i walk into another club, and there was 20 people with me. Where did these 20 people come from? But And they just used to roll in with me, and the, the dom were like, yeah, 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 cool, 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 whatever, do you know what I mean? So people knew us now, they knew what we were about. Um, started doing, like, bigger deals. Now, you know, there were certain times now where shit got a bit nasty where certain deals went wrong. You know what I mean? And, and things like that. And I used to sit a couple of deals and things. When a deal goes wrong, or you go to someone else and get deals wrong, and you're talking about, you know, like uh, 22 a key or something like that, 22 grand a key or something like that, uh, that goes missing. You know what I mean? People have to fucking pay the price. That's how it was. You know what I mean? And some people, uh, you know, fucking, there weren't too much ratting then days. It was more of, uh, the straps are going to be pulled out. So I went to one like one deal and I'm sat there and the guy was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes like, oh, two, two keys went missing. So I'm at this house in Manchester now. 
I got two keys are missing. I said, yeah, well, I passed them out. Do you know what I mean? I said, wait a fucking week on it. Do you know what I mean? These guys might be slow, whatever, yeah. And uh, next thing you know, these guys come running around. They grab, grab me like this, put, put me down like this, yeah. And they put a syringe out, you know, like the helmet, and they put a syringe like that. And he opened, had my face like that, and he put it to my eye. Like that. Right, so now I'm thinking, he's going to stick this syringe in my eye, yeah. So just imagine you're looking at this syringe up with your eye held open. Going, I fucking two keys, you fucking, where is it, Jack? fucking gave you a trust. But I'm sat like this now, and I'm thinking, I ain't going to go out like a bitch, right? So I'm looking up at him like this and going, fucking hell. I'm like, hold up, hold up, fucking talk like a man, talk like a man. And I said, like that, and I said, kept looking at him. I said, if you're going to fucking do it, do it, man. Do you know what I mean? Are you going to sit and talk to me? Kind of things change, and he was like, you know what, Jit? You're all right. And I was like, fuck you. You just put a fucking needle to my fucking eye. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're all right. You're all right. So I said, I'll tell you what, let's deal with it. And these guys like, look, I'm going to fucking do this and that. Fucking you don't know. But I said, fuck that. So from that day, I kind of, we had like a scruffle and whatever. Yeah, yeah, brawling each other. I left. I said, fuck you and your five keys, yeah. And I walked out. I thought to myself, they're going to come for me. So now we were starting. Were these the people that you weren't working with these people? This is. No, no, no. What happened? Shit, shit ran out. Shit ran out, yeah. Everyone knew, because we knew so many people. Sometimes you'd have a, a like, oh, this shit's batch. Shit, it's a shit batch. That's not going on the street. I never put shit out. I said, fuck that. I'm not putting that on the street. Blah, blah, blah. So, all right, then this is another guy from blah, blah, blah. Me, I used to jump straight into it. Well, I need fucking you know, a key or two keys or whatever this weekend, or I'm not going to make money. Fuck that. I've got to go. I used to go down myself. Do you know what I mean? I used to fuck that. I haven't got time to waste. I've got an hour. It's Friday night. I've got to fucking get this started. I used to drive down myself to all these dark places, go down there. And that's obviously, this This has gone like this, bloody but I bought off these guys um, for a couple of mates, a good friend of mine. Someone went missing. Someone went missing. One guy fucking fucking more or less had a weekend snorting party fucking blew it nearly half a key off was nearly something do you know what I mean amongst his friends the party he owed the money so now I'm chasing these guys now fucking you owe this fucking guy money it was a case of that all the time it was that all the time you give someone out uh, even if he's the coolest guy and he's the richest kid and his parents are rich he would snort that shit and they'd be like fucking hell you're driving a fucking top of the range brand new Mercedes or something, yeah, and you, and you, you live in a um, two million pound house and you're telling me you can't pay me five grand what you owe me. And it was like, yeah, but fucking hell, um, fucking hell. Uh, and then you're in the club next time, I said, fuck you, pay me. And I knew some famous people now, yeah. They used to do the same. These guys are on TV. I won't mention our names because I might get sued. <laughs> so these people are on TV and I'm watching them on fucking TV or radio stations. Uh, higher, yeah, Friday night. I'm thinking, fuck you, you owe me money. Tell me so good job you remind me because I heard you on the radio station or I saw you on TV. I bring them up. No, G, G, I'm, I'm just gonna go. I'm, I'm, I'm radio station. I'm just broadcasting. Fuck you, mate. You fucking owe me fucking money. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You broke, broke. I said, I phoned in live. I phoned in live. I said, where's my fucking two grand? Do you know what I mean? So it was a case of that all the time. So you're always chasing money of these fuckers. You know what I mean? But you catch up with because they're always in the club. So I go up to one and be like, fucking hell, do you have to do this now? I'm saying, no, fuck you. 
You know what I mean? I don't care if you're out with this fucking bed, you're out with your wife on, on your Valentine's Day or whatever. Where the fuck's my money? <laughs> you know I mean? This is a graphic. And it was a case of all that. Now when this shit, so you're always on that element of it. Um, when did when it things start? That, uh, yeah, sorry, go on, go on. So I was going to say, when did things start getting heavy with regards to? Right, when did oh, you catch the attention of the police? Right. Ah, this is a big bit now. <laughs> this is what people want to hear. So obviously now we're carrying straps because we're dealing with a lot of fucking people, whatever. Yeah. Uh, so you were carrying yourself. Carrying, you were carrying yourself. I carrying the strap. All my boys were carrying the strap. The family were carrying the strap. If you were not, if you didn't have a fucking strap. Do you know what I mean? We'd question you. Where's your fucking strap? Do you know what I mean? So we were like, we were all strapped up now. Do you know what I mean? So we'd be driving around strapped up. Um, a guy comes up, scouser, fucking scousers. Now I work with scousers. My mates are scouser. The family, the family have worked with scousers. So we didn't think nothing big of it. He's coming to the club. I'm running the door at that time and everything. So I said, I still kind of do doors now and now and again. So I've kind of let him in. Blah 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 blah. Whatever. Come in, yeah, yeah, yeah. And everything, look at yeah, he's like, all right, mate, so I'm going to be coming here every fucking weekend and this and that. I went, yeah, yeah. Now he's, and he's gone downstairs, he's met some of the family members uh, drinking champagne. They're always in the VIP, always in the VIP. So he wanted to get into the VIP, so he became friends with them, yeah? So now I started getting into friends with the firm, right, uh, the family. So he's drinking his uh, champagne, whatever, and everything. And obviously, the first thing what we do is say, have a fucking cheeky one. Make sure you're all straight. So I go when I gave it to his girlfriend, or whatever. So I'm off to the toilet. That's where you have to go to have your cheeky one in it. You can't. You, sometimes you can't just have it in club. So he's gone now. So we didn't think nothing up. He'd come back with a fucking bag like half empty. He said, oh yeah, he's had one. And he'd drink and carry on, blah blah blah, and drink a lot. So and then it was like after party. So we'd all go to after parties, and it was a case of um, he's meeting us, and we meet like scousers and his wife and his girlfriend and whatever. And the girl says, we're having parties now. I'm thinking fucking nothing of it. Do you know what I mean? We were just having parties, blah, blah, blah. Then eventually, in this was a two-year operation, by the way. So he's running with us for two years, right? And it cost serious million pounds of money, this operation, because they had to buy the flash cars to keep up with us and have the boats. We had boats and things like that, and luxury holidays and apartments, so they had to spend money. Otherwise, it wouldn't look legit. Now he's so did you, that he's a gangster. So, so did you... Did he was he integrated then into the family effectively over a period yeah. of time? Then, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. yeah. Well, family, friend of the family kind of thing. Yeah. So, he was out. Uh, well, some of my friends uh, from the family were like Liverpool matches or Leeds matches. So, they'd go to these Leeds matches. It, we'd get like the penthouse, you know, the fucking boxes and that. So, he used to sort it out. So, he sort of box out at Leeds match. I want a real football fan guy. Do you know what I mean? I'm going to sit in this box like, yeah, whatever, man. I'm, I don't even spot this city. What the fuck am I doing here? But uh, I sit in this box with this guy, yeah, um, and like uh, whatever, drinking champagne. He's like, jitness is bloody bad, jitness and that. So I went, all right then. So we all sat down. It, this is when he started coming, look, I'm having a party. I need this. Mm. So, and he was doing it with all of us. But the thing is, the family didn't used to speak to each other. We did in, in about business, but not that much because everyone dealt with their own shit. You know what I mean? Mm. We got together, whatever. So he said, yeah, yeah. He took, he took, a, he took a two key off me. I went, yeah, yeah, yeah. He took a fucking key off me. Oh, did he? Fucking hell, that's a lot of keys. I went, yeah, yeah, yeah. Carried on fucking drinking. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? 
things like that. And then obviously we were strapped. They needed to get the straps off us. Um, so he did it, moved with each other. Now, it was the kind of thing we didn't want to tell each other that we sold the strap to him. You know what I mean? Because we had meant to have our straps with us. So the firm, it was like, you, you got to you have your straps with you. So I gave him a strap. I gave him a son of shotgun. Um, he come for. And then one of my friends who from the family, uh, the, the main guy, he gave him five, five guns. 38s, nine millimeters, and all this, and then the other one he gave him a gun, but we didn't tell each other that they, we gave him guns. He just come around partying and everything. So this went on for two years. Two years this went on for. He would say, "Look, can you? I'm having a party. Can you drop this off?" And then they said, "Look, because you dropped that off, I've got this deal." And I used to be like a hustler, so I'd hustle anything. I've got TVs and and DVD players coming in a fucking shipment. Do you know what I mean? Fucking all that shit. Uh, Scouser, sorry, not company. Uh, fucking come and get in, mate. Fucking, I've got a fucking van full of fucking DVD uh, players coming in. I said, yeah, I'll, I'll have a scope on that, mate. Do you know what I mean? Bring the fucking van here and bam, bam. Then fucking DVDs, it was kind of like in, to get you in. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And then I meet, another, I meet another guy. This is my driver, fucking Brian. All right, Brian. Yeah, he's another fucking copper. They were all coppers. They were all undercover coppers over two years to come and get us. You know what I mean? They wanted to fucking get us. So that's how they started moving in. It wasn't a case of like, you know, get, get us a bag and give us a bag and write you a nick. It wasn't a case of that. It was set. There were businesses set up. There was a lot of money exchanged. There was guns exchanged. Um, a lot of counterfeit money. I used to do quite a lot of counterfeit money. So that was exchanged um, a lot. You know what I mean? He turned up to me and said, I need 20K in five grand. It's in five grand, like over like three, two weeks. I'm, I'm going to set up a business for you, Jay. I gave him five grand, boom, one day, in a McDonald's bag with a burger. Do you know what I mean? Five grand in a bag. There you are, mate. Oh, uh, next week, I need another five grand. Yeah, fucking here, mate. Have another five grand. Uh, uh, and it was a case of it would take 20 grand off me, and it was going to invest somewhere where I get 40 grand back. Do you know what I mean? But we had that much money. We didn't care. So hmm. I used to give him the money, five grand at a time. When? Eventually, of this two-year operation, they carried on like that, and we was um, kind of fucking um, doing all these moves and everything. Um, it went on and on and on. We didn't know it was a two-year, but what we're going to do is stop it before the day when I got nicked, yeah? Because that's on the next level. But that's how we were kind of yeah. entrapped, entrapped kind of thing into becoming a uh, running this criminal little empire uh, into this circle of um, undercover officers who's watching it, trying to break us into everything. And that's all kind of, they, they have a little set plan on a day to get us all on one, in two, three days to send us all down. Wow. <laughs> okay. You know okay. I mean? So, yeah. Let's leave it there for today then. Um, we'll leave it there and we'll discuss further, obviously, the next stage, which will be prison. We'll then talk about your mental state, where were you at, obviously mentally, and we'll talk later on in life as well. So, Jit, first of all, I'd like to thank you today for joining me on the podcast. Nice one, brother. Nice one, brother. Thank you. Nice and one. I look forward to part two, my friend, and I'll speak to you very soon. All the best. Cheers, brother. And thank you thank very you. much.